Original Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Malak Arif, and today we have a legend. And I'm talking about a woman has that has been known in the circuits of the 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 clubs. We're talking about the stages. I'm talking about renowned all around the world. Hits such as uh, Don't Leave Me This Way, Any Way You Like It. I mean, this woman is a legend in the R&B game. She has a special uh, coming up on uh, TV One Unsung. I'm going to let her discuss this uh, with you guys, but it's going to be amazing. I'm talking about the one, the only, Miss Thelma Houston. How you doing, Miss Houston? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. You look amazing. I do. I have to say that. I have to say that. You look oh, amazing. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. No doubt. Well, first of all, thank you for taking the time to bless our po- platform with your presence. Um, I would like to just, you know, start off. I want to go back to the beginning. I know um, I don't have all day, but with all that said, you know, I, I would love to just hear you tell your story. I know you got the unsung special, which we're going to we're going to get into. But I would love for you to just go back to the beginning. We want to uh, come back to the present. Come up to the present and just hear know a little bit more about you, Mrs. Houston. So with all that with all that said, I gotta ask, how are you doing? Like what's going on as far as like 2020, uh 2022? How you been uh how you been making out? I've been doing very well, thank you. And uh happily uh we've started the pan with the pandemic being mm. somewhat over. Um to a certain extent of the quarantine anyway. No doubt. Um, work has been picking up and I've been working more and doing, getting out there doing what I love, what I love doing. No doubt. And also give me the realization of how very much I miss it when I'm not doing it. I know that's uh, right. Yeah. And uh, how much a part of it it is in my life. Okay. Uh, uh, to start, let's see, I was born in Mississippi. I, I um, lived there. Uh, I was born in the Delta of Mississippi, which is really the poorest part of Mississippi. Um, and I uh, grew up there until the age of 10. Okay. And then I moved to California with my mother and my grandmother and my two sisters. And we moved to Long Beach, California, where okay. I lived uh, uh, and I started my singing career. <laughs> I was... I, I will say my career at, at, at the age of three. Not age that of I three. was, wow. not that I was, you know, working and, and you know, make doing a gig or whatever. But okay. that's when I started singing, and I started singing in church because the lady who was my babysitter okay. uh, in Mississippi um, uh, uh, played the piano for Sunday school, and okay. so she d- would discovered that as she was practicing her songs for the upcoming Sunday, okay. I could remember the words. I would know when to come in. I know when no to doubt. stop. And she said, oh, this baby can sing. So from that, they started putting me on the programs and, and thing in church. Okay. So that, that was my start. Um, and of course, that continued on until and then when I came to California, it also started the teachers um, started putting me in, you know, in, in programs in the glee clubs and so forth at okay. school, and that's that's been it. that's been it. Uh, it. You know, the school and my teachers and 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 that has been a very a strong base of support for me. Okay, so so when and the church. So let's 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 uh, go back for a second. You know, because like uh, like you said, you're originally from the uh, you're, you're originally from the South, uh, Meridian, Mississippi. Mississippi. Leland, Mississippi. Oh, Lily. Okay, okay. Leland. 
Leland now is that that's near Meridian, uh, correct? Leland is right next door to Green. Right now it's like Leland and then Greenville, okay, like that, Greenville, and it's around. It's Clarksdale, Clarksdale, Mrs. All that poor, poor where the cotton picking was there. Right, that's that considered was, like the uh, Bible Belt area, right? That was about yeah, the 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 what the Bible, Bible Belt. They call it the Bible Belt. Well, all of them considered the Bible. Belt. <laughs> right. There was a lot of a lot of a lot of there's a lot of you know church a lot of you know that going but yeah that that was um the along with being the bible belt it was also the poorest part of mississippi okay now what now yeah. what why why uh did you guys move from mississippi to los angeles and what was that what was, was that transition like it was the poorest part of <laughs> oh i'm sorry <laughs> And, and let me tell you, my my mom, my mom uh, was born, and my mother was born in 1920. Okay. And my mother's family, her my mother and her stepfather and my grandmother, they were uh, sharecroppers. Okay. And so that was very very hard hard work. Mm. And and also my mother was not one. She was not a what do you call an obedient type person with in terms of what white folks expect oh, yeah, I, I, I hear it's not that and so my grandmother said that if we don't leave here gert's gonna end up in parchment farm mm. because some of these white folks are not gonna like her talking to them like that right and okay. so that was you know so you know not not that anybody was at our house and you know Right. Get married, but you know how things can happen. So anyway, we had my my grandmother had a brother and a sister that were living in California, and they okay. said, "Come here. This this will be a much better life for you." And they uh, the contributed to okay. our tickets and stuff, and sent, came and, you know sent for us, and we came out here. Now, what part of Los Angeles did you guys settle in? When we you lived in did? Long Beach. Long Beach. Okay. Yeah. Just way before way before Snoop Dogg. Right before, long before Snoop Dogg. Now, yeah. what was what was Long Beach like for Black people uh, during the well, dur during that like era? Uh, when I moved here, Long Beach was a little tired community of retirees, white folks okay. that mostly came from the Midwest. Mostly, in fact, there was a joke that uh, that in uh, in the summertime. Okay. That the, the governor of Iowa would come to Long Beach and try to get all of the white folks to move back to Iowa because mm. and so that's what it was a sleepy little you know uh, retirement place. Okay. Mo mostly, mostly white, white mm. people. Yeah. And okay. uh, today, Long Beach, the area that I grew up in, is now Cambodian, and and uh, there's a large uh, uh hispanic population no doubt uh there's a white public it's a very diverse it's very diverse community now okay than it was then yeah okay so so i want i want to stay here for a second so when did you when did this the singing bug hit mrs houston when did you decide like you know what this is something that i really enjoy this is something i think that i can i can possibly go places did you have that confidence as a as a young child how did that all come about well, um, I know that I enjoyed singing. I knew that. Okay. Um, but the idea of doing it as a 
job job i it was a dream way way out there okay dream, which i had no idea no nobody doubt nobody in my family was doing it nobody that i knew was doing it and so i didn't have <clears throat> i didn't have uh anyone to that i could look up and just oh i'm gonna do it like this particular person everybody that i knew that was in the lived somewhere else right you know what i mean they were like in okay New York, they were in detroit you know when the after the when the motown sound came up that you know, or they were you know anywhere but not in not long beach but i had and i'm and it's so so sad to me now that there's no music in schools they've mm. taken all the music out and all of right the, you know, but I had great teachers, and uh, and the and the and they took such an interest in me. And my okay. principal in junior high school, right. his name was Buck Catlin. Okay, and he was the one that told me that, and I believed. It. He said, "You know, if you keep your nose clean, if you meaning that if you if you stay out of trouble, right, and uh, if you keep singing and keep," he says, "I think that you could you could make a living out of doing mm. that." Okay. I said, Mr. Catlin, you think so? I said, really? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, you you have it. You could be, a, you could make a living out of singing. Okay. And I said, well, you, well, if Mr. Catlin said it, so I, so in the back of my head, I said, Mr. Catlin thinks that I could do it, and I, and I, and and you know, and I was getting this feedback from other places, other people, and then I was singing in the church, and then I was. You know, and I, and I was in the, the different groups and everybody was saying, you know, and the sisters were shouting. Uh -huh. and I, so I said, well, maybe, you know. <laughs> and so, but when I decided by now, I think, you know, I, I said, okay, uh, at the age of, I guess, well, maybe 20, 19, 20, 20, 21, something. I said, this is, I'm going to be a singer. <laughs> they were like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> you gonna be a singer, singing what? <laughs> and singing the who? Girl, I'm telling you, the older you get, seem like the more foolish you become. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> she never stopped me. And if I right. wanted to babysit for me when I went to practice or whatever, okay, she said okay. And when, but when my mother. She came finally. She came to came to see me in a club situation. Okay. She only seen me in the you know. Now let, let's slow down for a second. Let's slow down for a second. So you're in Los Angeles around this time. No, I was still in Long Beach. You was that? I consider that now. Now I'm, I'm from the East Coast. Now is Long Beach and Los is that? Isn't that kind of like the same well, no, area? It's not. The same. It's, not it's, like, it's it's you you you. It's about thirty miles. And it's like, you know, and you would think it, but it's not the same. Okay, so, so, it, I can't say, it, somebody, I'll somebody. Put like I'll put it like this. Now, there's more of a, of, of a line, of, you know, of continual, you know what I mean? Because you have okay. like Snoop Dogg and you have. Right, 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 right. And so there's, you know, it's more of a, but back then. Okay. Long Beach was Long Beach. Long Beach. And LA was LA. Compton. Right? long yeah. you know yeah it was a lot of yeah okay yeah so 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 is can i say the los angeles area metropolitan yeah, area angeles. right right <laughs> so so around this time you're living in long beach which is in the los angeles metropolitan area right, now right. what was the music scene like that during that time you know and who were some of your 
earliest influences? Well, my earliest influence was Mahalia Jackson. Okay. And because that's in 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 in, uh, in uh, Mississippi, that's who my my grandmother listened to the to the gospel stations all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So Mahalia Jackson. And when I came to uh, when we moved to Long Beach, okay, my aunt who had who had left home uh, from Mississippi and had joined the WAC, okay, and she you know traveled around the you know in the states, and I don't I don't think she ever she never went out of the country, but she traveled around in the states, no and doubt. so she introduced me to Dinah Washington. Mm. That was her favorite singer, right? Okay. So she, so we, she would have me listening to Donna Washington and Dakota Staten and people like that. So those are my, my influences from her. And okay. then I had the Caravan Singers, <laughs> who was the gospel group. Okay. That was my influence from when I was singing with the Art Reynolds Singers, right? Mm. We were singing gospel. Okay. So when the Art Reynolds Singers got their, um, when the um, when the um, Art Reynolds singers okay. got uh, got our when we got our first um, uh, uh, recording contract, okay, uh, then we um, and then I got mine as they offered me a, a, a solo, okay, deal. and so that's when I started to get a little bit you know a little bit more um, um, confident. Oh. Uh, yeah, but okay. still, I was like, mm -hmm. that's what I was used to doing. <laughs> you know, right, rocking back and forth. Right. Don't be doing like the young people now singing gospel. They do every, they do everything except. Well, I haven't seen nobody twerking yet doing. <laughs> they do everything. You know what I mean? So, because it's there. They wasn't twerking. They wasn't twerking back then, though, was they, Miss Houston? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand. Is they're bringing more people in. You know, right. it's like, yeah. you know, so that's how you keep you, you, you no them where they are. Okay, and, okay. But at the time when I was coming up, we didn't, there was a big separation mm. between, you know, you could, you could clap your hands. Okay. And you could move from side to side, you know, but that's pretty much it. It wasn't that's too much, much else that you were okay. doing when you sit okay. So when I, so, so when my mother came to see me in a nightclub, Okay. And she saw me doing a little bit more than that. She was like, <laughs> then that's when she became my biggest fan. And if it had not been for my mother helping taking care of my two children, because by now I had two kids, uh, I wouldn't have been able to have the career that I had. Okay, let's 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 go back. Let's let's stop right there, because uh, you know you had you had uh, you had your first child at the age of seventeen, if I'm not mistaken. Eighteen. 18 I, I apologize 18 yeah. years old yeah. now what talk about that a little bit what was that like you know no um you know you 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 know you're pivoting in your life and you're right. you're chasing this career but you also have a child so talk a little and bit about married, that what, and I was married and you was married so was what married. was what was all and of that like the, you know being well, so young well here's the thing I guess the fact that I when everybody finally realized I I mean I, to me it wasn't like it was like everybody knew that this is what I wanted to do. Everybody knew that I could sing. Everybody in my right. community, everybody knew that they got to be singing at this church and singing this by this, this person's okay. wedding. And 
this sister's funeral and this sister's baptism and this, mm -hmm. you know, this church, St. John, St. This one, St. That, you know, all, all, all around. But then when you say there's going to be a career, then that's, then that is like, you know, what are you talking yeah. about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you tell me again? No, I, I was just, no, I was just asking like, what was that like? You know, having a you know having a young child, having a husband, well, was, and also was, you know chasing chasing this musical point. career. I'm sorry, this is the point I was going to make. It was at that point that I realized when I that I didn't have the support from my husband. Okay. Even though he was young, we were both young. We both married very young. Now was he was he into music as well? What was his he uh, was his not career? Into music. Okay. <laughs> and he didn't think that you know didn't take me serious. Or even if he did, he just didn't, you know, he was not that interested. And like I said, he was young. I was 18, he was 19. So, you know, when we got married. So what did he know? And okay. so I, and so that was one of the deciding factors that like after we were together, we were together for about five or six years that okay. I realized that it wasn't working because then I realized this is really something that I really want to do. Mm -hmm. So, but to me, support at that time was babysitting or your children right that you're the father of no doubt. when i went on tuesdays to my rehearsal okay that's all i was asking and they, that's that was too hard for him to do he couldn't do that so i said well this is a, i don't you know this man ain't gonna, you know so that's kind of the you know my my i, I then i felt like i wasn't being supported at all okay. what i wanted to do and then and then like i said we, had, we were too young to, to right you know. so we 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 separated amicably he drove me to the thing when we got our divorce we got and we were the best of friends after that okay that's great i'm great yeah. that's great that's yeah. that's how it should be yeah that's how that, it, should it really be. was it really was no right. craziness and no none of that beautiful yeah. beautiful but then and then i just went on and to seek my I guess fame or, or, let's, or let's, let, so let's let, let's let's start here. Let's so let's go yeah. let's go. So, um, I want to know when did you uh get your first break? What was your first break, um, in the music game? Your first break well, in the industry. My first break came, I think, when I when a, when a Capitol Records wanted to offer me my own contract. Now, that, now you was uh, twenty years old. I, I thought you signed a contract with um. I you didn't sign the contract with the Art Reynolds Singers. I signed a group. Signed as oh, a group. But that was a group. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. But then later on, I was offered offered a, a contract. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So well, you had an opportunity. While, while I was still with the Art Reynolds Singers. So when you was Capitol Records, you had an opportunity to, to work with uh, Jimmy Webb, who was I think around that, that time. That was, but then that was after. That was after the Art Reynolds Singers. Okay. After right. I had gone out on my own because the Art Reynolds Singers at that time they they were not um, ready to make the sacrifices that it takes. You know, them nobody wanted to leave Art Reynolds, who was our leader and the songwriter for most. Of okay. Songs, didn't want to leave. He was uh, he was like a. Uh, uh, legal secretaryism, so he, he didn't want to leave that good paying job to go into like maybe, right? okay. But I felt like, well, I got nothing, I you know, I gotta, I'm gonna go, I want to go for it. I guess so. So that's when I, I made the decision to leave the group, and then I, uh, now when I my first break came, um, one night I was working at this place called uh, it's called Studio One. Okay. Which was a disco. 
Now this is and in the Los Angeles area. In the Los, in Los Angeles area. <laughs> okay. And it was a disco where uh, celebrities uh, belong. It was a private discotheque. And okay. on Sundays, they would uh, the the Studio One would would give. Um, now, now, I got I got I got to slow down for a second, uh, Miss Houston. Were they calling the these discotheques back then? Yeah, they were that's all I wanted to ask. Yeah, discotheques. Oh, okay. I, I thought that came later. I'm just, I was born in yeah. '81, so I didn't know I that know they you, were. You, you, you know, you. I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to teach you. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Oh, I understand. Cool. <laughs> I, I, okay. All right. All right. Uh -huh. And so it was like I said, it was a private one. Like people like Sammy Davis Jr. belonged wow. to it. Yeah. Um, you know, movie stars. Uh, you know, I can't name everybody, but it was a, right. You know, high-end movie stars belonged. Okay. And and um, and so uh, and they would have these showcases as entertainment for the right. members. Okay. That would come in on a Sunday, uh, and um, and so I was performing at one of these showcases. Mm. And uh, in the audience that night was M Mark Gordon, who was the manager of the Fifth, Fifth Dimension. Dimension, and he was also the manager of Al Wilson. And Al Wilson was his artist that he was bringing in that night. Okay. To be showcased. And uh, and I was there. And so he came backstage and wanted to know if I was serious about the business and gave me his card and uh, told me to give, me, give him a call. And I did. And here I am. Now, around and that time, you know, one. Jimmy... And he's the one that put me with Jimmy Webb. There we go. I was just about to, that's what I was about to get to. he already had a connection with Jimmy Webb because of the fifth dimension. Fifth dimension. However, Mark Gordon had previously been, before he became a manager, okay. he was a producer on Motown label. Okay. And so he knew Jimmy as a songwriter. Okay. 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 So that was that, was that connection there. Now, before you now, you released your first album on Capitol Records, I believe, oh, right? No, my first no. album, my solo album, Sun Shower, Sun Shower, was released on ABC Dunhill. Oh, ABC Dust. Okay. And now, ABC, what? And ABC Dunhill with the four tops was, and all of them was uh, was uh, Three Dog Night, Steppenwolf, Mamas and the Papas. Okay. Those that was on there. And now, me. <laughs> now, so so Rick, because I know I know later on they end up having you know um, the the four tops, the dramatics groups like that. But but did, did they have any other? Um, no, we're not on the African American group. groups around that time. No, no. So it's safe to say you was one of the they first have, black on, artists on ABC. Right. ABC branch of it, they had BB King. Okay. BB King was on ABC. Was it? Uh, oh my goodness! Oh man. It's gonna come to me later, but yeah, you it's safe to say that you were one of the first black acts on ABC. ABC Dunhill. Dunhill, Dunhill label, yeah. I okay. Was on that one, Dunhill. Okay. Uh -huh. What well, so so talk about that first album. What what was it like working with uh Jimmy King and putting Jimmy that Webb. uh Jimmy Webb, I'm sorry. What was it like working with Jimmy Webb and putting together that uh your debut album? It was wonderful. It was wonderful, and I would have for a new artist, um, it was probably the best possible thing that could have that could happen because you're having songs that are written with you in mind right 
You get to pick if you like it or not. Okay. You, uh, when you choose the song, Jimmy would say, okay, this is the melody. This is how, this is how the song goes, but you do with it what you want. So he gave me all kinds of freedom and choice. And he let me, we would rehearse with, and, and when I would go into the studio, when they would cut the track, Jimmy okay. would want me there and okay. he would want me to sing along with the musicians as they were cutting the track because mm -hmm. they would be, um, they would, uh, something that I might do would inspire them to play something or they mm. might play something that which would inspire me to sing something a little different. So we okay. had that exchange going. And so I thought that's the way, it, that's a, this is my first album and this was, you know, my first solo album. So this is the way I thought that it was all the time. Well, after I left Sunshower, unfortunately we left, left the label because uh, didn't have a hit on the label. And they felt that a lot of money had been spent on making the album and blah, 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 blah. And we don't know what to do with the, you know, so forth. So anyway, I left that label and went to Motown. Well, I'm thinking, okay, oh, I'm in Motown. So we're saying, we can, you know, I'm thinking they're going to find a producer who's going to write me some songs and stuff. Wasn't like that. Motown was about hit singles, hits. They were about hits. And you would go in that studio and you would record and you would work with this producer, you work with that producer, or that producer, or that one. And if there was a janitor that happened to be working, you know, to make ends meet, but he was really a songwriter, and he came up with something that they thought could be a hit, you could be working with him. You know who, what I mean? now, now, who are some of these janitors that became well, songwriters? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know what you mean. I'm just joking. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, you know, Evelyn, did you know how Evelyn's Champagne King was discovered? Now, I know she used to clean like office buildings, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. Yeah. That's how she was discovered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you never, you, like I'm never saying, know. you never know. You never and know. Then, but the thing is, is that there are people that, uh, you know, like Barry was smart enough to know that just because somebody is, studying music and da 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 and this and that don't necessarily mean that they know how to write a hit. Mm. So he was open. And right. the people at Motown were open. If you had an idea and it could be and so for the artist, you know, you better be trying to know you how to get along with everybody because you never knew who you might be working with. So your debut your um so so which what um your which, debut which, album which, which, which let me say Go ahead. I learned that was a good thing because hits can come from everywhere. And I'm glad that I learned how to work with everybody. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Mo at this time, Motown was out West. You know, they moved from Detroit. They, you know, they've been out yeah. on the West Coast, you know, Mo for, West, for, right. Mo right. West for, for a few years. Now, what was the difference from working at Motown opposed to working at ABC? What was the, what was the difference that you noticed? Well, that was the difference that I just said is that you, um, uh, Motown was singles oriented. Right. And at, at ABC Dunhill, Jimmy was in, Jimmy was the one that was doing the album. And I, I suppose if Jimmy had wanted to bring in other people that, that, you know, it would have been okay, but he wanted to do the whole album himself. Okay. And there, and I'm glad, you know, because those are just my, that album is my favorite album of the month that I've ever recorded. 
sunshine. Wow. The su- wow. That is your favorite. I, 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 wow. Yeah. I was going, you know, you know, I was going to, I was going, I, I was going to say it was the any way you like, I thought it was the any way you like it. Well, I mean, that's my hit, of course. I mean, you but know, the album, I was just listening to the entire yeah. album earlier today. I love that album. Like, I love the Sun Shower album. I would yeah. say that's number three for me. Yeah. 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 But I like it's definitely in my top five of Thelma Houston. It's a it's a phenomenal album. Let's make yeah. that let's let's make that clear. The album is phenomenal. Yeah. And I it's no pushback, but. You know your hit album. I'm sorry. I'm not just saying that because the hits. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Don't think I'm just saying it because I'm biased towards the hits. No, but, no. I, you know, you know, I just, you know. And I even wrote, I even wrote uh, Tony Jones, and I even wrote Anyway You Like. We wrote the 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 song, the title song for Anyway You Like It. Okay. But it's just, you know, that Sun Shower album, and it's something about perhaps because maybe it was my first album or right. or what, but I don't know. It's just the songs and. I don't know, and the arrangements and everything right. went together, and it was right. You know, it was a thing. You know, beautiful, beautiful, not great, great album. I, and I, I, I would suggest anybody who's a huge fan of R and B soul to check out the Sun Shower album by Miss Thelma Hughes. It's an amazing body of work, along with mo, along with the rest of her catalog. So I want to, I want to, I want to switch gears for a second. I want to move, uh, move forward. So let's go to, you know, let's let's move to nineteen seventy six. And you're working with Hal Davis, if I'm not right. mistaken. Right. Now, talk about, because Hal Davis is one of the most underrated songwriters slash producers in music history. There's yeah. not a lot written about him. There's a lot of people who do not know who this guy is. But if you don't mind, give us a little backstory on Hal Davis. Now, you work with other other producers, songwriters, but, but I, I want to put it to Hal Davis. But I, but I work with Hal more than anybody else. On right. So so give us a little I'm backstory on Hal Davis. All, let me, first of all, at one, at one time, Hal Davis was a performer himself. Hal Davis was a great singer. Well, see, I, I didn't know that. And, and Hal I Davis, did not know that. And Hal Davis, at one time, was managed by Mark Gordon. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Hal, in my opinion, first of all, Hal was the first, he was the first producer at Motown that I worked with. Okay. And we worked all the time. We would just, it was just almost like we would work on holidays, we would work like whatever. We just, you know, we liked being in the studio. I liked working with Hal because Hal would, he would like to try different things. Right. He was another one. But what do you think? You know, you sing it, sing it the way right, you right. want. But he was Hal was really, really, really good at doing ad libs. He could those ad libs and come up with those like, like those ad libs. A lot of them like and don't leave me this way. Those are ad. Mm. Those are Hal Davis ad lib. You know, ideas. Okay. And he give right. me an idea. Says, okay, well, what about this? And then he would let me go with it. And I can okay. change it around, but but he could he is really great with us with those with that and producing too and the sounds and and then and I'm trying to think what was the name of it he would we would make a drink he would make a drink and we'd be in the studio <laughs> and he'd mix up these wine and something else and we call it Motown slush and we <laughs> we that Motown slush. And we'd be in that. You can still remember that, huh? Huh? (laughs) I said you can still remember that drink, huh? Oh yeah, it was. I mean, Hal Davis. He was a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. and he liked. And Hal Davis also. He loved. He liked style. He liked. He liked 
you know, you to be, you know, be light with Fashion. And he and he had several girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Ooh, now what you think? I mean, he, yeah, I'm gonna get that for my girl. You see something? He want to get it for his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, he was he was something." Okay. but he could he could do those hits boy and he okay. had those he had a lot of hits hits on those jackson five yeah 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 yeah, yeah. when now i think david, of now david was the bump and he, when he suzanne was... found suzanne is the one that found uh don't leave me this way by harold melvin, harold melvin. Right? okay okay uh-huh. and so she when she heard it she um wanted me to listen to it and see if i liked it because she said she it was great as a song for a guy singing it to a girl, but she thought it would be even better and even more interesting with a woman singing it to a guy. And then she got Hal Davis to cut the track. And Hal uh-huh. cut it to be a disco hit. And I didn't know, I, I at the time, I was going out dancing with my friends and stuff all the time. Right. You know, on Thursday nights. Okay. With all my friends, my hairdresser friends, my, you know, my, you know, uh, uh, costume designers and so forth. And we would go to the, either the Catch One or some of these other places around and just dance. All my, so I knew that the song was going to be fun to dance to. Okay. And I knew because of the way that mm, kind of the build draws, up, yeah, kind of draws you out. Yeah, yeah, floor, yeah. You know, and then mm, you can pull, and then it kind of it builds, it builds. The build up. Right. Well, so that was all engineered by Hal Davis. Okay. He knew how to do it. See, he yeah. was always on top of what was going on yeah. out in the streets or in the in the you know in the clubs yeah. and. So that's when he was on top of it. Yeah. So I know that uh, that year he also had a big hit with Diana Ross with the Love oh. Hangover. Both of those, and I went and every time I, to me those those songs are you know those two songs are, I they, they're very closely associated. When I, whenever I think of Don't Leave Me This Way, I always think of Love Hangover. Both of them became or no number one hits, right. and they both are written by Hal Davis. So I had I, I appreciate you. Uh, speaking on Hal Davis because I feel like a lot of people here's another one. do not know a lot about him. Both, both of those tracks would come the same night. Wow. The same night. Wow, Cece. That, that's what I'm talking about. That's what and I'm talking about. I'm only sharing that with you because you know so much about him. I don't say it all the time because it's a... Uh, uh, I, I love Hal Davis. I could yeah, go, um, go on and on, but I wanted to talk... I, I, he was a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so... When you when you now when you heard "Don't Leave Me This Way" by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, you know what did you think of like their version? Because the the, the version on uh, that um, uh, "Wake Up Everybody" album, it wasn't a hit. It wasn't a hit. Well, they, they didn't make it. It wasn't. Right. And, and we've learned that they weren't going to release it as a single. Okay. So it wasn't. It wasn't designed. I don't think that they. It was a. It was on the album, but I don't think that they had thought of it as a hit. Okay. You know, I mean, you know what I mean, or, or as an A side. A side, right? Like right. That. I, I don't think uh, okay. because I, they must have because, or because I, I, I think they somehow because I don't think we would have recorded we would have recorded had we known that they were gonna do it over whatever. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you so when you find when the when the song but is finally cut, 
Who didn't? Everybody liked him. Everybody liked Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Who would who wouldn't like it? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great song. It's a it's yeah. a phenomenal song. But yeah. you know, when most people think of Don't Leave Me This Way, they think of your 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 version. You know, your version is, is almost like and, and no, nothing and nothing against you know gambling huff and the head but your version it ha has became the definitive version so talk about that like what is it like you know to have this this song eventually uh this song eventually went on to be number one on the r&b pop and disco charts yeah that's like the, the trifecta what was it like for thelma houston to accomplish something like that what was that feeling like well i tell you when it gets to that point when all that's going on, you're so busy. Right. Gearing up doing this and doing the interviews and doing that and getting ready for the show and da 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 that you really kinda miss a little bit of that. Okay. That's going on. And okay. that is such a I mean, I remember I remember the feeling that I had when I the first time I heard it. Okay. On the radio. I, I was I had to pull over because I was so excited to hear my song on the radio. And that was like, ooh, ooh, you know, that. And then, the, and then I remember there was a, there was a, used to be a, a, a record store out here called Tower Records. Tower Records was huge. And, and I recall going in there and I recall, you know, when they see your name on the little, the little Thelma, you know, by in the little, in the single section and you, see your name on it and I would look peeked over in there and to see how many of them was in there and, and they were gone somebody right and then you come back and see how they many gone. later on that week yeah that's they what gone yeah so those little things that was exciting and, yeah you know. yeah but then once it started once it started that like that it happened so fast and yeah so yeah. before you know it that part you you know it's gone to the next one you know, okay. You, okay. What's you, what are you gonna do next? So you, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. So, yeah. yeah. So now, like I said, so you released the, um that that album was on, that song was on the Any Way You Like It album, which also the title track was a would end on end up becoming a hit as well, and which I I love. That's one of my favorite Delman Houston songs like ever. I love that. So I think that song is a very very underrated song. Like any way you, you like know, it. I love I love it. I love it. I love that song. I love that album. The the, the title track. Um, so, so what, what was it like, you know, now that you, you know, you, you got this, you, the, the album is finished, it's been released. When you think back to that album, to that time period, what are some of your most memorable moments of that, of that, that era that, you know? Well, my most memorable moment for that album was it's a beautiful album cover too i love the album cover well <laughs> i said you look amazing I, I my feet how they look on this album they didn't <laughs> touch my feet up <laughs> you look amazing miss Houston. i think you get a little album? harder yourself do you, do you have the album yes yes when you get the album Look down at the feet and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, I've been looking at the album for 20 plus years. I think it looks but great. But you never looked at the feet. You, at the you, I, you know what? You, you got me there. I don't think I, I looked that closely at the feet. I don't, I don't, you know. Look at the feet. Because <laughs> I was barefooted. 
Yeah, yeah, you barefoot, and I, and I love, I love that that outfit that you have on. Correct that color on the thing. Look at them feet; they look. Oh, <laughs> look at them. That's what I was thinking. Okay, now that song, that song ended up, ended up, um, you know, it was like Grant, Grant, uh, Grant, it received a Grammy nomination and a Grammy you know, award and a Grammy award for best R&B vocal performance. Now you didn't. It says you didn't. You didn't attend the Grammy. Now what was, what what was the reason behind that? Well, I had been I had been um, uh, nominated before. Okay. For now, for for R and B, for a song called "You've Been Doing Wrong for So Long." Ooh, that's another one. I love that one right there. Woo! And uh, we, we recorded that in Muscle Shows. Yeah, that's uh, Alabama. Yeah, and uh, but I did it didn't win. But of course, I was up against Aretha Franklin, and she won. So this time when I was the Don't Leave Me This Way was nominated, I, again, I was up against Aretha Franklin. So I said, hmm, she'll probably, you know what I mean? I was just, I wasn't like. Now what record, what record was that uh, of uh, Aretha Franklin? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh God. But, but it was, it, but she was up and I think okay. Okay. Uh, Donna, I mean, it was Donna, it was several people, a lot of people. Right, so right. I didn't think that I, you know, so I just, I said, well, uh, nah, I just won't go. Okay. <laughs> and sure enough, I won, which is one of the things that I really regret that I did not attend. Because tell the, tell the audience, tell the reason, tell, tell them why. Because I was at home cleaning my kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. See what I wanted to, you was Motown's first Grammy winning female that was the motel's first uh grammy winning was, uh, right. female record exactly you was the first artist with, with motel the first female artist to have a to win a grammy right so that would have but if you but if you go on tell you tell your listeners if they go on and google who was up that year okay and you'll see why i didn't go <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna google it i'm gonna take a look i'm gonna take. Yeah, i gotta take a look and I if, go, if you, oh, no, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. So, 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 how was it? You know, like around this time, you got Donna Summers, we got, you know, Aretha Franklin. We, I mean, I could go Diana Ross. What was it like to be mentioned with these legendary singers? To be surrounded by them? To be mentioned in the same breath as these singers? What was that like? And did you share any friendships with any of these, uh, these phenomenal uh, singers? Um. Well. You know, for it, mm, I wouldn't say share friendships, and it, not you, you're friendly with everyone, right? Right, right. Um, but um, no, we didn't. I didn't. Uh, and well, I felt I just I don't know because <laughs> I mean, you and I mean you and Diana Ross on the same I mean, label. It was good to be in the, you know, good to be right. nominated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, how many albums did you re release on Motown altogether? Uh, maybe four. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. what, what was your, what was your, what was your relationship like with uh, Barry Gordy? Good. Good. Very good. Okay. To this day, still very good. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So now we know. So now Harry you know. Comes when he comes to my shows and okay, you know, yeah. Okay, okay. Now we now when I think of like live performers, 
one thing I love about you, you really, really, you know, you don't play around when it comes to these live performances. You know, you're one of the greatest live singers ever. Where did that come from? You know, like. Cause I'm just so happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. And I'm happy because I'm doing what I'm, I get to make my living doing right. what I love doing. So. Now, if you was if you wasn't a singer, and, and I'm never, and for me, it's never just because I did this show. Right. I don't always feel that I'm guaranteed the next one, so okay. I'm always excited. Somebody said, and especially if somebody have me back, I've been some reason they have me, but ooh. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, this this I, I I heard things about this this business how it can be very cutthroat. You know, it's one yeah. one moment they love you, the next moment, well, you know. Yeah. But one but thing I, I you know, so, yeah so it's you know for me it's just a joy I love right. I love doing it and I love seeing the faces I love seeing uh, you know people having a good time okay and uh, I love the camaraderie that I can get that I have with them and with my musicians and okay. I enjoy it. okay now when you now you know we we here in uh, you know 2022 and music has changed a lot uh, since then you know when you think about uh how the industry was back then and how it is now what are some of the things that if you could go back uh you would have done differently um i don't know what i would have done different i like my i, li I like my journey okay yeah uh, the only thing that the only the only thing that i would have i would have done differently is I would have paid more attention to the business side of it. Okay. I would have, I would have done that differently. But okay. as far as my journey, I the way the way I came about it, I I I I'd like it. Now, today what's different about it is that young people there's so many different avenues, Outlets. so many yeah. ways to get into yeah. it. Yeah. Feel yeah. you get get on your social media and do whatever it is that you can do to get people following you and you can you know what's your take on that what's, stuff. What, yeah, do yeah. This, do that. so it's a lot it's very different uh however for me i'm glad that i had the time to uh mine was almost learn as i go mm. right i didn't have that i didn't have you know performing art classes and this and that and the other to tell you to do this and that. Right. i worked with some good people there were uh um, there was a, the first gentleman that I ever worked with in, in terms of staging my show. His name was Carl Overe. And okay. Carl was he used to be with a group called the Delta Rhythm Boys, which would have been like the Temptations of their time. Okay. They were like singers in the 30s and 40s. Right. So he was the first person that I worked with in order to tell me how to do my show. Start, start here and walk there, talk to here and do this, do this. You know, and, and I had an opportunity to learn that in smaller venues, right? And so I had an opportunity, you know, to learn how to get my act together and make mistakes. But if you make a mistake, it's not in front of the world. Right. <laughs> it's not, the cameras are not all on you and you're next to yeah. you on social media and you know, if, you right, fall, right. if your wig fell off your head, if you fall off the stage, or if you say something wrong, or like the world knows about it, right. you know? And so, so you have an op it's an opportunity okay. to, to, to grow and to learn. And that's 
you know, right now everything is instant. Instant. Yeah, you instant. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you go yeah. on the you go on these shows like the uh, America's Got Talent, say, or The Voice, or some of those, and you have these huge audiences of millions and millions of people looking. You know, and but you do one song, you prepare one song, you go out and you do that one song, and you, you know, and then and and then hopefully hopefully you move on to the next week. And you do another, you prepare one other song, you know, you know what I mean? So it's not, you don't have an opportunity to do like a show or to do, you know, everything is right there. And then once and then, and then say you win, right? right. Then you go out, well, you better have that act together because now you don't have the studio people that were your friends. Yeah, yeah. That was there behind Talk about you. it. Talk about that. Talk yeah. about it. Well, you don't, you out there on your own <laughs> i know that's right do, do you feel like do you feel like they kind of hurt uh you know a lot of uh uh artists today you know not having you know the chops to back their wax like they used to say back in the day like you know do you, you feel like you know with well if, i tell you it you know because who you know everybody and always wasn't always perfect that's what you know when they start you know everybody has to learn everybody has to grow you right. know you 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 have you you have that gift, but then you give them the gift, but you gotta learn how to use it. You mm -hmm. gotta learn how to develop it. You gotta learn how to sing the right way so that when the you know so that you don't you're not wrecking your voice. You're not you know it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that's involved in it. Okay. Uh, and so, um, you know, and you just if, if you don't have that opportunity, then I think I think it's kind of. It kind of limits. It kind of limits you. Now you I said. Now you. Now I heard you just say. You know, you was when, uh, throughout your career, it was kind of like you learning on the go. But yeah, you know, a lot of. Yeah. yeah, but when I think of Motown, I remember watching like the Temptations movie, and I've seen different documentaries. You know, Motown when they was in Hitsville, they had like autistic development. So did they get rid of that once they moved out west, or well, how did they? Well, the time when they moved out west, uh. And that's when I joined the label. Yeah. Uh, I had had enough uh, of doing it, you know, because I now you I'm, you know we're talking now since the seventy since the sixty eight sixty five of doing it that I knew how to. Yeah, you didn't need it. You didn't need it. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not, not that part of it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But but did, but, um, but go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, but there are other things, you know, but, you know, because I, because I also, when I started out, I didn't want to wear any shoes. <laughs> so, so I started, you know, I didn't wear business. Oh, so that was your idea as far as the album cover. That was your idea. Well, yeah. I mean, I, when I, when I first started, if you look, I did Ed Sullivan show. And if you look at it. it I saw it. I was watching that on YouTube yesterday. Did you? Did you see? Yeah. Did you see I didn't have no shoes. You on? didn't have no shoes on. No. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the way I. That's the way I used to perform. No shoes, yeah. because I didn't. I felt like I might fall on them. So I don't. Even, I mean, it wasn't even any <laughs> real. It was. Uh -uh, I and it's some of you. Uh -uh, uh, nope. 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 I don't want. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so when I got to Motown, here I am. They, so they signed me. I wasn't wearing the shoes. So, they say this the singer. Hey, hey, hey y'all, this this the singer that don't wear no shoes, y'all. She in the building. <laughs> but nobody said, nobody said to me, nah, -uh, you put this. Up. They didn't say that. So they kind of let me come into my own. Yeah. Well, I started feeling comfortable and 
you know, it started when, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, but no, they were pretty easy going okay. with me, I would, I would say. I know that's right. Now, you also had an opportunity to work with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis when you was on uh, RCA, if I'm not mistaken. MCA. 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 Why do I get MCA and RCA? To this day, I still yeah, get them mixed up. RCA too. I still get them mixed up for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Now, what was it like working working with um, uh, the legendary Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? What was, was that great. like? It was great working with them. You know. Yeah. And you know, I don't know how much more, but I have. A, I gotta do another thing in a little. Oh bit. yeah, we about to wrap. We about to wrap. About, okay. about to get ready to wrap it up. But no, no, I just wanna. I just wanna. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, you got the TV One Unsung special coming out. Right on Sunday. Let's let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's get into it. It's uh, it, it's about to debut the twentieth uh, of this month. Right. So how did you? How how did you feel when you got the phone call to be a part of this? This, this, I mean, this historic, uh, this club of just phenomenal artists. What was that like? Well, when they, when my agent said, you know, we got a call from Unsung, I said, Unsung. And then I started thinking, oh Lord. Mm, mm. Because my, in my head, I'm thinking, Unsung, what does Unsung mean? What does that mean? Was, you know, oh was, no. That's how I did at first, but then. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but then right, right. what I when it when it, it what it was what it is is the people that they thought had achieved greatness and had, right. you know, and had not achieved the notoriety that they exactly felt that they exactly right right right. And okay. Just, then I said, oh, okay. Well, all right, and we can work with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So also. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they take and they and it's not like you come in and they you know you come in and they shoot you and, and you're done in an hour no this this they take their time we work weeks you know we, they shot we did footage shot me down in long beach where i my house that i grew up in and they okay. shot me and this one and shot me there and shot there no i said oh lord are we doing a movie <laughs> i can't no. wait to see it I, I can't, can't either. I'm, I'm very excited to see to see you know, yeah. see you know my sisters and my kids and stuff. You know, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I'm not going like I said. I don't, know, I don't know what my kids. I don't know what they said. I know they asked them. Right. But I'm I'm anxious to see what they. I'm, do. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have seen the, the 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 final touch though, right? After you know. Not the final final. No. You haven't seen I mean, it yet. No, I saw some. I saw, you know, some, but not the final final. Whoa! So 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 the premiere is going to be your first time actually it's watching be my it. First time too, yeah. You're gonna be watching it along with everybody else. Yes, along with everybody else. No doubt, no doubt. So yeah. again, again, you know what? What else do you have going on? Like I said, you got the unsung special coming out. Um, you got any any uh, shows coming up? Where, where can we go to um, see you? Well, I'm social media things of that nature. Well, uh, you can go on my website. Okay. And you can see, I know that I have a date. Gotta, gotta get, gotta, hey, man, hold on, Miss Houston. You gotta shout that website out. You gotta let people know where they go. Right, well, I got, it's ThelmaHouston.com. It's Thelma, yeah. it's every, you know. Okay, website, okay. My, everything is Thelma Houston. Twitter, All across Thelma social media. Houston. Gotcha, All gotcha, gotcha. Media. I gotcha. But, I, uh, I know that I have, I'm gonna be in uh, Epcot in the Orlando. Oh, Disney World. Yeah, uh huh. 
and that's going to be maybe i believe it's either april or may okay that's coming up uh -huh. okay and then uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to think of dates and i'm sure and i know i'm going to have some pride things that i'm going to be doing this year okay okay that's my that's my fans no doubt yeah. Okay. Well, look, Miss 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 Houston, thank you for stopping by. You know, I want to be like, what are some of the things that you into outside of music? Before we go, what are you into outside of music? We want to know what, that. What do I do outside? Yeah. What are you into outside of music? Before we get out of here. Well, I like to exercise. Okay. I do. I, do, I train. I do do uh, training. Okay. I like to hike. I like reading. I hang okay. out a lot with my family. No doubt. I have. Four grandchildren. I have two great grandkids. Um, I do a lot of family stuff. Um, I enjoy writing, and, okay. uh, and I'm writing my memoirs. Now. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, it's been an honor having you here on the platform. You want to? You look like you want to say something else. Oh, Go ahead, Miss Houston. I like to. I like to cook, and I like to. Go and ahead. I like to, and I and I refinish furniture and things okay. like that. Okay. You know how to put that lacquer on them chairs and them, yes. you know, you, you yes. know how to do all of that? Yeah. I know that's right. I know that's yeah. right. Well, look, it's been an honor having you on the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm Malaka Reef. We got the lovely, the talented, the legendary Thelma Houston. You got anything else you want to say before we get out of here, Miss Houston? I just want to say thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking to you. No and doubt. Tune in, everyone, and see me without blue hair. There we go. There we go. We got the one, the only, Thelma Houston. Y'all tune into the Unsung uh, Special uh, this Sunday, the 20th. The 20th check of it. March. The 20th of March. Don't miss it, Miss Thelma your Houston. Check your, for your, check your and see what time it comes on in your area. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much, Miss Houston. I know you got a lot of, lot of uh, stuff going on right now. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. Good evening. Bye-bye. All right.